0: Welcome to White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. A behind-the-scenes look at the White Sox as they prepare for the 2021 baseball season. Brought to you by Wintrust Bank, Mazda of Orland Park on ESPN 1000.
1: Chicago's new home of the White Sox.
2: Welcome into White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000. I'm Connor McKnight. I'm the new guy. Nice to be with you. Did the show a couple of weeks ago. Thrilled to be doing the shows from here until the end of the season. And, uh, you know, hopefully a lot longer than that. Really, really looking forward to diving into the White Sox all offseason long and into the start of spring training. All throughout as well. Lovely to be here. We'll give you some, uh, I want to give you a little rundown on how I I want to do the show for White Sox fans. That'll be a little bit later on. lot to get into right away, though. Less about me and much, much more about the Chicago White Sox. Mostly because there's some big news. I think we knew it for a couple of days. Obviously, the rumors have been kicking around for quite some time. But the White Sox went and picked off the top closer on the free agent marketplace in Liam Hendricks just the other day. It is a three-year, $54 million deal or so, as things are reported. Now, there's a little bit of wiggle room there, too, because a fourth year is on the contract, and Liam Hendricks talked about that some with Waddle and Sylvie yesterday. In fact, you'll hear a good portion of that interview a little bit later on in the show. Liam is a, a fun, interesting, and candid guy so far. He's talked a lot about what has made him... Uh, one of the top relievers in baseball, definitely the top closer going right now. Certainly there's a couple of guys that are come for that title in 2021, but Hendricks holds it right now. His career history is fairly incredible. Having been DFA'd something like five times, bouncing around in some, he is, you know, in a lot of ways, Liam Hendricks is a poster boy for modern baseball. And I mean that in in a lot of different senses, But mostly, we talk about player development now, in the last handful of years, in a completely different way than we used to. You know, it used to be guys come up through the minors and learn a couple of skill sets from a coach or two here or there, and then burst onto the scene at 24, 25, you know, that kind of stuff. That whole arc of player development has been completely revamped through a whole host of different things. Technology, uh, biomechanics, sleep cycle stuff, all this kind of advanced work on how players can get better and better and better. And Liam Hendricks has been on the forefront of some of that stuff. We're going to talk about it today here on White Sox Weekly. I want to hear from you as well. The White Sox have just signed the best closer going in Major League Baseball. They have, by fan graphs, expected wins above replacement, the best bullpen in the game. Yeah, the Yankees are there, too, and that's a darn good bullpen. But when you're tied, you get to say that you're also right up there. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number here on White Sox Weekly. The White Sox have signed Liam Hendricks. How's it make you feel? We're live from the first Midwest Bank Street, State Street Studios. We're streaming live on Twitch.tv as well. You can, I mean, if you're bored this morning and want to come watch something before all of the football kicks off a little later, come on, hang on with us. Search ESPN 1000 Chicago. I I think what's interesting, too, about the White Sox making this move and making this signing to go ahead and bring in Liam Hendricks is that, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when uh, when I was doing the show, there are other places on this team that you could have ostensibly added and gotten better. You know, the outfield with Eloy Jimenez, Luis robert and then what looks to be a platoon right now of adam engel and and adam eaton could probably use another outfielder i mean you could probably be a little bit deeper there because after you go through those top three slash top four you're looking at guys whose major league experience isn't all that robust to steal just flat out rip a rick honward for you there there could be more at bats assigned to this team who's going to take the dh spot I think that's a fair question, too, uh, and it's been addressed some, and I think there are high hopes for a former uh, number one draft pick. Well, number one for the team draft pick in Andrew Vaughn, but Andrew Vaughn hasn't had a minor league season per se. You know, pandemic has changed the plans for for a lot of teams and their top prospects, and certainly the reports from how Vaughn was doing in Schaumburg last season were solid. But he's got to face top-tier pitching, and to just go ahead and anoint somebody a DH in a league that really needs some offense out of that spot, that's it's a lot to ask from a kid. Not to say he can't, just saying that there are other options perhaps scattered around the free agent landscape that could take some of those at-bats. So I, I bring all of that up to say, clearly, choosing Liam Hendricks and coming up with the contract that you have for... For a guy who's, you know, 31 years old, who strikes everybody out, who has shown command and control of a fastball where you know hitters know what Liam Hendricks is throwing you. I mean, you're gonna get the heater. And you're not gonna hit it. That's his game plan. That's how he's revamped himself. He's changed that delivery. He's used, and we'll talk about this some, he's used a system called Codify that Lucas Giolito has used, that some other pitchers have used as well, but it is a mapping system that has helped track and plan for pitchers as they attack individual hitters. More on that a little bit later on here on White Sox Weekly. When you make a signing like this, though, there are obviously a whole bunch of reasons behind it, and I wanted to bring you words from the man himself, Rick Hahn, as to why and and who... Liam Hendricks is as a target for the White Sox heading into 2021. Although, as you'll hear, it, it's he's not just been a target for 2021. Here's Rakan.
3: Liam's someone we've been pursuing for for over a year. Uh, you know, we obviously didn't progress anywhere with Oakland a year ago when we tried to acquire him via trade. Uh, but he's been someone who, again, from a performance and makeup standpoint, we always felt was going to be a real nice fit for what we were trying to do. Him performing well on the big stage in October, unfortunately, against us, you know, reinforced some of our notions of who we thought he was. Uh, but the, the interest predated him doing what he did against us. So he didn't really need to do that. I would have preferred that he hadn't. Uh, we still would have pursued him, but uh, obviously he showed that postseason dominance uh, up close and personal for, uh, for White Sox Nation to see.
2: Again, that's White Sox general manager Rick Hahn. You likely knew that, though. This is White Sox Weekly, after all. I, I always you know, I always caution people to not completely fall in love with postseason performances. It is the small sample size, after all. And as fun as it was for baseball fans, not White Sox fans, but baseball fans to watch what Liam Hendricks did in that postseason or for fans around the game to watch a guy like Randy Arozarena of the uh, Tampa Bay Rays doing what he did and rewriting a a postseason home run record book. That's awesome. That's a ton of fun. Does that necessarily indicate that's where the level of the player is? No, of course not. It's, it's the postseason and guys shine. Can't do, do good players do that more often? Yeah, of course. That's why you have them on your team. And that's why you're trying to sign more of them than not. I, I'll be completely honest with you. Watching that postseason series, the the White Sox and the A's last year, I you know, you heard all the talk after that game that Liam Hendricks was gonna be available for game three, that he was, I'm, I'm getting out there, don't worry about it, we're gonna throw him again and gosh darn it, he's gonna be just as good as he was the first day around. I thought to myself, well I thought out loud, bring it on. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean he he got around some Sox traffic in that first outing I thought, feel free, bring him out for that third game because that's going to be something that that really plays well for the White Sox. That should be an advantage. It was not, and and Hendricks, you know, cinching it up like that and and bringing it together like that was darned impressive. I mean, truly, that was a that was a gut check if I've ever seen one, and he just dealt. That's just what he did. The White Sox have been really good at closing down some leads over the last couple of years. And a lot of that has to do with Alex Colomay, of course, the rest of the bullpen, too. I mean, it, it's not just one guy that gets you there, of course. But what's interesting to me is just how good this bullpen is, not from a not from only an expected you know, wins-above-replacement standpoint, but from a mix-and-match standpoint as well. With guys like Foster... Bummer. Assuming he's healthy, uh, Sean Marshall, or Evan Marshall, Sean Marshall, Evan Marshall. I. There are some pretty clear ways that Tony La Russa is going to be able to you know take a look at those windows in other teams' rosters and go, you can't hit this guy. I got I got three right-handers coming up, or they've got three right-handers coming up, and they've got these kind of swing pads because that's how you stack that middle. I, I got this guy. Don't worry about it. Crochet is is interesting to me. He's got superhuman stuff, and, and we'll see where the health is. It sounds like things have checked out well. It sounds like relief is, is kind of his, I don't know, 2021 future. But mixing in Liam Hendricks and Lance Lynn really lengthens out the rest of this bullpen. Lance Lynn is going to start. He's going to throw 100 pitches every time out if he's got his chance. But the fact that you've got another guy in that rotation— that can go as long and as deep into games and be as competitive as he is in Lance Lynn means that those bullpen arms you know, every now and again are going to be just a little bit fresher than they otherwise might've been. I mean, you understand what short starts can do to a bullpen having to, you know, go to a handful of guys over and over again, shoot Jimmy Cordero pitched a lot last year. I mean, he was kind of perpetually on the mound in the fifth or the sixth and, you know, Jimmy did a great job with with the task he was given to him. But if you would rather, of course, you'd rather have that starter go a little bit longer, make Jimmy's job a little bit easier or, you know, whoever, whatever reliever that is. The, the chance to be an elite pitching staff is quite clearly there for the White Sox in 2021. And I think, too. It's interesting to see guys like Lucas Giolito and Liam Hendricks use the tools that they have to get much, much better. And it's not just, here's what the White Sox coaching staff has for you. Here's what we, you know, how we think we can do this. They've gone out on their own and brought in outside experts to help them perform better. And to his credit, well, really to the organization's credit, Rick Hahn and everybody else is saying, does this help us win more ball games?" Yes. Okay, then let's go win more ball games. It doesn't matter where this stuff is coming from. If the information is good and the results are, are are what they've been for Lucas and what they've been for Liam over the last two years, well then let's do more of those things. I find Liam Hendricks a really interesting dude. He's uh, funny. He's Australian. One of those things makes him interesting. The other just makes him Australian, which is you know and that is what it is. But Liam was on Waddle and Sylvie yesterday. He's kind of making the rounds was on ESPN 1000 yesterday. I want to bring that back to White Sox fans in case you missed it. You will hear from the brand new White Sox closer, Liam Hendricks, in just a couple. This is White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. The South
4: Sox have a new home.
0: This is White Sox Weekly. A behind-the-scenes look at the White Sox as they prepare for the 2021 baseball season.
4: White Sox Weekly. ESPN 1000.
2: Sox fans should absolutely be pumped up kicks about Liam Hendricks signing with their ball club. He is the best closer going. He has been fantastic over the last two years. He is absolutely a guy that makes your bullpen better, no matter how good it's been. Liam was on Waddle and Sylvie yesterday here on ESPN 1000. I I thought about giving Liam a call. He may still be on Perth time. I don't know. And I also don't know what time it is in Perth. So uh, without having to do that research and considering he was on Waddle and Sylvie yesterday, I thought White Sox fans deserved the chance to hear from the newest member of the Chicago White Sox here on White Sox Weekly. So without any further ado, here's how things started with Waddle and Sylvie and Liam. The, uh, the question posed to him was, what were the impressions that you got of this White Sox team you are now a member of during the playoff series, and as you were facing them down, and uh, you know, unfortunately for the White Sox, Liam Hendricks succeeded. Here's how he ends. Uh, well,
5: that, that, that's a good reason why I, up, uh, why I ended up trying to figure out something to come here. It's, uh, it's a good group of guys, it's, but you obviously see what they're able to do on the field, and they're all here for a while as well. They're all young. They're all hungry. They've got the, uh, the few veteran guys mixed in with, uh, with Lance Lynn, Jose Abreu, Ismani Grandal uh Keichel, and um now hopefully you can i guess you can call me a better and i guess i don't know what this. Is. i don't know this is all new territory for me so i don't know where we're going
0: <laughs> well you know you've been through a lot it, it, your story is an amazing story as people can hear you're from australia you picked up baseball at a very young age and for a while there you were you were going from team to team and then you turned it on about two and a half years ago what clicked for you liam
5: uh, I think I was just really tired of moving.
0: Um,
5: <laughs> no, uh, to me, it was, a, it was a mindset change. I stopped kind of going out there thinking that I was entitled to something and started being just grateful for every moment I was in this game because and in 2018, it almost all went away. It was almost all gone with uh, me getting DFA. I wasn't sure if I was ever going to get to the big leagues again. And we kind of took a step back, both my wife and I, and adjusted our mindset to being like, look, let's stop expecting things and getting pissed off when they don't come. Let's just live in the moment, and if good things happen, good things happen, and that's, that's the way we've kind of gone about it. And, and to refer back to you when you referenced me as the White Sox closer, I'm not the, I'm not the closer. That's, that's, um, I'm just one of the relievers on the White Sox right now, and if I want to be the closer, I've got to earn it, and that's what spring training's for. Uh,
4: uh, Liam, how important was the increased velocity for you, and was, what was it mechanically that you may have altered to, to be able to throw the ball harder?
5: Uh, well, I changed my workout program, so I, I pretty much just stopped working out. And then I, instead of running, like doing the conditioning and stuff like that, I end up starting to power shake. So I just act as an outfielder during batting practice and try and track things down in the alley and all this sort of stuff. And then I long toss every single day. So it was a lot of long toss. And then I throw a flat ground. So I throw all of my pitches to a catcher that was down, but just on a flat ground. And that seems to kind of, the increase in velocity came from that. But not only that, I was able to repeat my delivery a lot more. So everything was kind of fluid. Everything kind of came out the exact same way every time. And when it's consistent and you're able to repeat things, that's when everything kind of takes to that next level because everything moves in the right direction. There's nothing hindering. There's no sort of friction between any muscles working against each other.
0: Liam Hendricks joining us. It sounds like the old phrase, uh, work smarter, not harder. It really helped you
5: yeah without a doubt i mean i I'm, I'm never going to be one to claim that i'm extremely smart either so i just lucked into this but um yeah yeah i, li- I like to work as minimal as possible with getting the best results which is i guess the smarter than, more than harder
4: have you had an opportunity to talk with your 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 new hall of fame manager and tony Larusa, who obviously is somebody who historically has always valued the role of the closer
5: yeah i mean obviously you see what he was able to do with the a's with with x back in the day and um yeah, I spoke to him a little bit after we did an initial Zoom call. I spoke to him a couple times after that. But I've dealt with Tony for a few years now with uh, his Animal Rescue Foundation, and the fact that being with the Ace, he'd come in and and sit around and stuff like that. So we had some chats there, and yeah, since uh, since the everything's come out and stuff, we've we've had a couple texts going back and forth about yeah, we may have one of, if not the best team team on the American League in on paper, but at the end of the day. Paper's only good for the off season. Paper doesn't matter once the season starts. It's about chemistry in the clubhouse. It's about moving forward as a group, and having no egos and making sure that if something happens and someone else is pitching the ninth, or if whatever reason whatever happens, everyone is okay with it and everyone moves forward. Because as long as we're winning games, I don't care what happens.
0: Liam Hendricks joining us, uh, the new White Sox reliever not closure (laughs) and and like i like i could tell what you're saying is legit like that it's coming from the heart all the all this stuff so the mindset that you now have liam are you good with with kind of teaching that to the younger players as well a lot of people learn one thing for themselves but then sometimes they may not be outward on, on passing it out are you a teacher as well
5: uh, yeah, I mean that's that's one of the reasons. That's one of the things I stressed uh, on the Zoom calls with the White Sox and and the other teams I spoke to was look, I've been through a lot in this game. Whether it's being designated five times, whether it's being gone from an opener to a starter, or a starter to a reliever to a middle reliever to an opener to a closer, like I've done pretty much everything there is to do on that side of things with my roles and everything. Uh, but I've also just done a lot of growing up mentally. I've had some great teachers in the bullpen from me from myself as well. Like I. I've dealt with LaTroy Hawkins, who played in the big leagues for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I've dealt with Ryan Madsen and John Axford, who, I mean, you look at Ryan Madsen's story. He was out of baseball for three or four years and came back and, and had another four years after that. Uh, John Axford, who was uh, a college kid who didn't who was not was undrafted, I'm pretty sure, and then made his mark with the Rockies and then played together with the A's. And then you look at uh, Joaquin Sorry, who's been around forever, uh, doing great things for, like, our next White Sox who actually reached out to asking about the team and the chemistry and, and the guys and stuff. And, and then you look at Yusmar Petit who's done the same kind of realm as I have with being DFA, being a starter, being all of this sort of things. And the, the careers that these guys have had, I mean, you can learn something from ever, absolutely everybody, whether a guy a guy who's got three days in the big leagues or a guy who's got 25 years in the big leagues. You can always learn something from anybody, and that's just uh, that's the biggest thing. But hopefully the biggest thing I can impart onto guys is nothing's given. Everything is, like, you got to earn absolutely everything you get. If you ever get given something, if that gets taken away, it stings a lot more than if, you, if you've gone out and earned it first.
4: Uh, okay. it, it, Leon, uh, the, the contract is well-deserved. It's a big contract. So guys who have signed large free agent contracts in the past. Some guys struggle because they press too much to, to justify the signing. Is that something that, that you are conscious of, that you've got to make sure that you don't try to do too much to justify the contract?
5: Uh, I feel like I've been in a, in a similar situation in the last few years. Obviously, um, in 2018, I was DFA, came back up and got the, the opening start of the wild card game. So the next year I had to justify, okay, well, I need to get better from that start. And so then I came out in 2019 and had a pretty good year um, and took over the closing roles with Oakland. And then the next, the year after that, the offseason, everyone's like, okay, well, that was a flash in the pan. That's not what he is. He's going to go back to everything. And it was just kind of, no, I'm going to go out and prove to you that that was who I am and this is what we're going to do. And then obviously 2020, the shortened season and everything like that happened. So it's it's been that way the last couple of years where I've gone had, and had to prove – To everybody that no this wasn't a fluke this wasn't a a shot in the dark this wasn't just a flash in the pan this is something that is me and this is who i am now this is how i'm going to go about doing things so i'm not really changing mindset wise of like where i get financially or anything like that it's just proving to everybody out there that look you can pay me however much you want but i will make this look like a bargain and that's my that's my biggest thing i'm not just going to make it worth it i'm going to make it look like it was an absolute steal and that's just my mindset going into it about proving just telling everybody look you don't think i can do it watch me watch me compete watch us win a ring
4: awesome
0: liam hendricks joining us it's waddle and sylvie on espn 1000 all right so the standard's pretty high liam luke longley won three championships here can you break his
4: record
5: <laughs> well i've actually met luke um i he's from my hometown so i met him when i came over in 2007 with the twins i met him before i signed a deal and was like hey what do you think I should do? Do you think I should go to college or do you think I should go to professional baseball? straight uh, straight into the, uh, into the pros. And he was like, okay, let's talk about it. He goes, what colleges have reached out or what college have you got an opportunity to go to? I'm like, well, it's a D three in Iowa. He just looks at me and goes, go straight. Into like, let's just go straight. Into so, uh, I know Luke a little bit like I actually brought it up to my agent. I'm like, look, tell, tell him what happened last time they, they brought an Australian in. it worked, it worked well. So, um, yeah, Luke was able to bring three championships back to Chicago. I mean, I'm here for three, but it's going to be four because I have complete faith in myself that I'm going to make this deal look like a bug, and they're going to pick up that option. So, uh, and then we can talk. We can talk about it from there. But look, this is a team that's going to that has a window to compete over the next four, five, six years. We've got a bunch of young guys on this team that are hungry, that want to do it. They got a little bit of a taste of it last year, and this is a group that's going to stick together for the longer haul. And yeah, I'm excited. I mean three rings obviously is a, <laughs> is a is a lot to is a lot to say but I definitely see at least one and us competing for all three four years that I'm here as well and it's just uh yeah we've we've got the right pieces and from what I'm hearing we've got the right uh, right leadership and the right owner to get it all done
2: That is New White Sox closer Liam Hendricks on Waddle and Sylvie just yesterday. This is White Sox Weekly. I <laughs> I, I like listening to Liam. I'm, I'm glad you all had a chance to do the same. A uh, couple of things here. <clears throat> One, the notion that Luke Longley brought three championships to the Chicago Bulls is very funny. <laughs> and I, the countryman, I get it. Uh, there was that fellow, well, was, um, uh, oh, uh, Mike Jordan. Right, Mike Michael Jordan. He did a lot of the work. Um, Scotty was also part of it and everything like that. But, hey, I, I get it. You know, it's big man in the middle, Luke Longley, three championships. And I love Luke Longley, don't get me wrong. He is hilarious. Go read his quotes in postgame. He was coaching some league in Australia doing something somewhere, and he's just very funny in all of his postgames. Liam also mentioned that he had offers, uh, an offer rather, from a D3 college in Iowa. So I wanted to do some research and try and find out if I could narrow down by process of elimination which college in Iowa he got an offer from. But everybody from Luther to Co to Cornell to Grinnell to Simpson, everybody has a baseball program. So there's really no way to, to narrow that. Maybe I'll, I'll follow it up with Liam. Although I don't, I don't really want to burn, like, it's a D3 in Iowa. They, they do a good job. They're just getting out there playing baseball. Good doing scouting. The best they they can. must have yeah, done some good scouting. They knew, they knew what they were doing. What would be really funny, that's Tyler Aki, our producer, what would be really cool is if we find the coach who was on Hendrick's Maybe that's our next guest on White Sox Weekly, the coach who wanted Liam Hendricks at a D3 in Iowa. Oh, I got some homework for the week. Yeah, Here we that's, go. Your, that's your job. Go find me. Whatever pitching coach 15 years ago wanted the Aussie Liam Hendricks to come in to central Iowa. Len is coming up in just a couple. He's going to be our guest on White Sox Weekly. Been talking a lot about Liam Hendricks uh, signing with the White Sox. Of course, it is the biggest news out there. I... I know Rick Hahn, just quickly here, we'll, we'll get to this in the final segment of the show as well. When we talk to Len next, uh, we'll probably chat about it too. Uh, I know Rick Hahn, general manager of the team, said, you know, if this is, I think he used the Hoosier, Hoosiers analogy, which you're going to learn this about me. I think I'm the other guy. I I don't care for Hoosiers. I think that's becoming more consensus. I don't. Uh, maybe I an, you're, maybe you may an, have spearheaded that. I actually. don't know. I No, I didn't spearhead it. That's for sure. I, I don't. I get it. And I appreciate, you know, drink your drink like everybody's into what they're into. I'm not going to, you know, you're, I'm not like a guy who's like, oh, really? You put uh, ketchup on a hot dog? How dare you? I, I don't care. Do, do what you, you want to do. But for me, Hoosiers, no. Teams on the floor is what Rick Hahn said. Th- this is a very good ball club. This is, by a number of different estimations, the best team in the American League. You go to Fangraph's Expected War. It is, uh, I'm going to screw up the order here in the National League, but I believe it's Dodgers, Padres, Mets. Top three projected wins above replacement, all National League teams in the American League. It is the Yankees and the White Sox, one and two, and they're very close. Could they do a little bit more? Could they shake some things up? Yeah, of course they could. There's a, there's a couple of at bats you could hand out to somebody if you wanted to sign a free agent. But as for now, team looks good. We'll see what the off season brings. There's still a lot of things to work out. It is still a very strange off season. It is still a very strange world. Um, with, with a pandemic upon us and, and still here and affecting each and every little thing throughout Major League Baseball. Len Casper, play by play man for the Chicago White Sox here on ESPN 1000 is going to be our guest in the next couple of minutes. Keep it right here. You got White Sox Weekly.
1: This is White Sox Weekly.
2: If you miss something,
0: podcasts are available on the new ESPN Chicago app.
4: White Sox Weekly. ESPN1000. Chicago's home for sports.
2: No rage this morning. It's White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000. I'm Connor McKnight. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I'm just going to give the phone number out because we'll have some time in the last, I don't know, fifteen minutes of the show to take a, a whole bunch of phone calls, if you like. Um, right now, though, our chance to talk to White Sox play-by-play man Len Casper on White Sox Weekly. Morning, Len. How are you,
3: Connor? Good morning. Great to talk to you. Uh, congratulations. Uh, I'm so excited for you and for us and for White Sox fans everywhere. And I cannot wait to uh, get on the air on a White Sox broadcast, hopefully in about, what, to six weeks from now.
2: Yeah, it's it's coming up quickly. And I Thank you. I appreciate it. I am overjoyed to be part of the broadcast and, and obviously cover what is going to be a very, very fun ball club. We've been talking a lot, Len, uh, this morning. The first half hour of the show was basically dedicated to the White Sox signing of the best closer working in Liam Hendricks. I want to know your first thoughts about this bullpen and the weapons that Tony La Russa is going to have available to him now that Hendricks is there. And maybe the first couple of things you want to know, you kind of want to get into about some of these pitchers and their their individual repertoires.
3: Yeah, it's it's really exciting. Uh, The amount of velocity... Uh, the, uh, I think, variety in terms of repertoire, um, you know, Aaron Bummer obviously strikes out a lot of people, uh, but is a, is a terrific ground ball pitcher, and I know he's looking forward to having a fully healthy season uh, this year. Uh, Hendricks is uh, a really fascinating cat, and I know you've already talked uh, about his uh, career and his, his situation four times designated for assignment and, and really has kind of remade himself as uh, the best closer in baseball. Um, and, and I think it speaks to kind of the modern game, right? A uh, starting pitcher, he, he, he said, I tried to be a little too fine. I tried to nitpick. And then, you know, as a, as a reliever, it's just let it, let it all out on every pitch. And, and I think that has led a little bit to the pace of game issue. Uh, the more time between pitches, uh, guys are able to recover and throw a little harder uh, so when someone goes from ninety two to ninety seven there's this okay, how did that happen um, but but I you know, with all of the electronic cameras and you know mechanics now, I mean, you can just sit there and 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 play around with. Uh, all kinds of different things and and look at the velocity and look at your delivery and look at grips and uh, figure out a way to add uh, a couple of miles per hour on the fastball. And he's just a supremely confident guy. So that, that that's going to be fascinating to get to know him. Uh, uh, and, yeah, I, I like this bullpen a lot. I'm curious how Tony LaRusso's thoughts about bullpen usage – uh, may have developed, changed, uh, maybe not at all. I mean, he was way ahead of the game 30 years ago, uh, but being out of the, out of that seat now for nine years and kind of watching how teams have utilized uh, their relievers, uh, you know, my guess is Connor that he's still of the mindset that you know, he'd like his starting pitching to generally get him through at least six innings and and the top. Uh, three guys uh, on the list for sure uh, should be able to do that. Uh, if if Dylan Cease can do that, and, um, you know, they're... I, I don't think they're done necessarily uh, in, in terms of identifying starting candidates because you're probably going to need to have eight or nine oh, when yeah. it's all said or d- and done uh, to navigate through a 162-game schedule. But, yes, I, I'm most fascinated in kind of digging in on the manager and how he plans on utilizing uh, all of his weapons in the bullpen.
2: Len Casper, play-by-play man for the Chicago White Sox here on ESPN 1000. This is White Sox Weekly. Len, I'm with you I am a big advocate of, I guess, um, the, the unconventional bullpen has almost become conventional now. It's it's almost like you know saying you're in the shift when really uh, people are in the shift a lot now. So we kind of have to change the semantics some. But I like the idea of throwing Liam Hendricks against a pocket of tough hitters in the seventh. I like the idea of being able to hand the final three outs of a ball game to Aaron Bummer to Garrett Crochet to evan marshall if the matchup suggests that that's the best play and hendricks had to face a much tougher situation earlier in the game i think though the the linchpin there might just be the health of bummer and crochet in 2021 and I, i i think we're probably you know six seven like you said six seven weeks away from really finding out just how versatile and uh and volatile that whole situation could be
3: yeah no no doubt and um you know, Marshall obviously is another guy who uh, is really intriguing just because he, he doesn't do what a lot of the other guys uh, uh, do. You know, he is kind of a junk baller, right? He's, yes. he's, he's The change-up has, has become a, a real important piece, and I think you need to have guys like him uh, in a bullpen with a lot of velocity. Um, I I got to tell you Connor my my gut without asking Tony is is that Liam Hendricks is basically your your ninth inning guy and and I I think his job will be to get at least the final 3 outs and and based on his usage and and his mindset I think it's more likely he'll do the the goose-gossage bit where you know maybe tony but with 3 days rest brings him in to start the 8th and he gets the final 6 outs uh, i'm not sure hendricks will be used in a pocket and then removed uh, i think once he's in the game he's going to finish and and when you have an established closer like him i i think it allows you to be maybe more traditional than than you know you have to be uh, in some cases it's by design, but I think in a lot of situations around the game, I think managers will utilize their uh, "quote unquote" closer earlier in the game because because it's not a, a necessarily an established guy. But I, I think Liam Hendricks was brought in here to be more of the traditional closer, and and I would expect if we do play one sixty-two, you know, maybe ninety innings. You know, maybe maybe eighty, ninety innings. Most closers wow. now, as you know, are kind of in the sixty-five, seventy inning range. Yeah. Uh, I, I would expect Hendricks to at least try to push a uh, hundred innings, even though that that that's probably pushing it a little too far.
2: Yeah, I mean, Liam mentioned as much in his uh, in his introductory press conference, and you know, intimated the same with Waddle and Sylvie yesterday on on their show Friday afternoon. I wonder, you know, Len, you're not unfamiliar with, with some of the bigger, younger, more talented names here. Obviously, having been on the other side and, and having been a part of that organization as Aloy Jimenez was also there, as Dylan Cease were also there. I wonder if you can, just for nostalgia's sake, if anything, take us back to how those two were talked about as they, as they matured and what you see now, having broadcast a good number of their games as the two teams play each other quite often, obviously.
3: Well, first of all, Connor, are we are we not allowed to say the name of the team? We could. I know you're no, being we a little can't. No, I,
2: there's a, there's a big there's a big sign up in the. Uh, we can't actually. No, of course we can't.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember seeing Aloy uh, in, in spring training and and being incredibly impressed with just the raw skills. Um, you know, I liked his arm in the outfield too, and I know um, there's been a lot of talk about how much he has struggled in the outfield, but uh, I know it's important to him to be good at it, and, you know, I think his goal uh, will probably be, I want to be the guy who, we, you know, doesn't get removed late in the game for defense, And um, but the bat plays, we know that. Uh, he loves playing against the Cubs, has hit some huge home runs against them. That is true. Um, I like that deal for both teams, and even though in the Cubs case, you could claim it didn't Work out in that they didn't kind of get to the promised land with Jose Quintana Uh, in in 2017. I I would claim that if they don't make that trade, uh, you know, maybe they they don't quite get there because the Brewers were in on Jose, and if they get him, you know, maybe the Brewers leapfrog the Cubs there. So you know, the the idea is to kind of get there, and um, you know, he 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 had a disappointing tenure overall, but I would say. it, it was the right move for the Cubs to make at that time as they were trying to kind of extend their window. Um, Cease is a guy I didn't see a whole lot of, but I had just been told that you know he was the one guy. He, he was the one starting pitcher they had developed that they felt was going to be in the big leagues and was going to be uh, a big part of it uh, moving forward. And I think, you know, both guys were tough to lose, but in the end, the Cease one might be the tougher one just because the Cubs you know haven't developed a, a ton of uh, young starting pitching and, and and a guy as they look ahead now uh, certainly would love to have in their rotation.
2: Len before we let you go I I got to ask you about Luis Robert he is so much fun to watch <laughs> his skill set is preposterous it's borderline unbelievable a lot of the things a lot of the speed at which he plays did he I, I don't know how where you are on, on player comps, on offering the, you know, the kind of player comp. I know a lot of scouts hate it when you ask them that, which means I, I ask them that all the time because I, I love to see, see them Bristol. Who does he remind you of most?
3: Well, you know, Benetti dropped the uh, Bo Jackson and Andrew Jones comp on him, and I think the Bo Jackson one probably makes sense. Uh, he, he's a comet, though. I, I have never seen a guy of his size roam the outfield uh, like he does. Um, and it's not just the speed uh, you know, I, I think sometimes when when we when we talk about athleticism and, and guys like Robert, w- we tend to talk about their physical skills. Uh, I'm talking as much about his kind of baseball intellect. He gets great jumps yeah you know I, I don't and, and I'm sure now watching him more often there may be some misjudgments or misreads that he has. But in the games I saw last year, there were none. Like the balls off the bat, he's on it, and that matters, and that's definitely part of talent, and that's where the Andrew Jones comp I think comes in. But man, does he command that outfield? And yeah, I think he could probably play all three positions with just you know him standing in center field, and uh, he'll 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 steal a few more from Malloy, uh this year in left center. There's no question about it,
2: Len. Great talking baseball with you. Always appreciate it. And, uh, can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to, you know, being in spring training and getting things going, getting this season rolling. Thanks so much for coming on White Sox Weekly.
3: Well, I talked to DJ yesterday. There will be some hazing. Um, I don't know if I've avoided it because you and I are both kind of the new guys, although I'm newer than you, so to speak. So we're, we're trying to sort it all out.
2: Yeah, I, you know, DJ's hazing for me the first time around was, you know, brutal. I mean, it, it was just uh, tough. You know, the <laughs> kinds of things that I would say scars, like the emotional kind. So I would prepare yourself for something like that. Yeah,
3: You got it. I'm, I'm already thinking about it. All right. See you, Len. Okay, Connor.
2: Len Casper, voice of the White Sox here on ESPN 1000. Just to, I I know we're we're late and Tyler's going to kill me if I don't take a break here soon. But I have to say this, as as Len was talking about Luis Robert, one of the things I noticed last year, and I I don't call myself a a terrific scout of outfield skill sets. I was a terrible outfielder. Not that I was a good baseball player regardless, but I can't judge a fly ball to save my life. Luis Robert got so much better at coming in on the ball as the season went. It was like each and every day. It, it looked like he got better and better and better and better. And finally, to the point where the, the the probably the best play he made all season was coming in on a baseball that was kind of dying in front of him. He had no business catching. I think the catch probability on it was like four, something like that. I mean, it's just to improve that particular skill set as a rookie outfielder, Manning Center. That's that's just. It's incredibly it's fun to watch, and you heard Len speak about Luis Robert's skill set in the outfield as, as, as much as he did. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. You should write it down in your phone. I have. You can call the show. I, I want to take some phone calls. Liam Hendricks has been signed by the White Sox. I want to get your lay of land for the team here. I know we got Dylan on the line. We'll get to you after a very quick break. This is White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports.
2: The new home of the White Sox.
1: ESPN 1000.
0: This is White Sox Weekly. I'll
2: tell you one thing, you got White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000. I'm Connor McKnight. Len Casper, our guest on the show. Always enjoy talking baseball with him. I want to take talk baseball with you. Talk White Sox with you three one two three three two three seven seven six couple minutes left before we get out here i want to see if we can spin through some phone calls let's head out to line one it is dylan 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 and dylan because he spits hot fire what's up
1: hello connor nice to hear you again darling pleasure to hear you sir this is bill on capitol hill though just to set the record straight fair enough Um, and it's so nice to hear you on the air i have to tell you but it's but if anything, it just adds to the free-floating Soxgasm I've been having, <laughs> right? Since since the Hendricks signing, and look, I think I'm like I, I have some concerns about um, that big wet guy they put in the dugout, as you know. But um, uh, like overall, like this team, it's not just this year. If you look through the American League, you know, or, or even the National League, with the exception of those those jerks on the West Coast. Um, I don't I don't know who frightens me the same way that they used to. And more than that, I mean, you look around the league, not just on the north side, but in St. Louis, clearly the Yankees, a whole bunch of teams, because they're run by these private equity goofs, um, they're all in a cash crunch except for the Mets. Mm. So it's not just this year. It's the years to come. I'm not talking a one or two, Pete. I'm talking a bare minimum. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Get the hula skirts out. Bill, love you, buddy. Good hearing from you. That's Bill. He's great. I and you can get you can get your free floating thing checked out. Like there are doctors who can who can help you out with that. Set out to Mark. What's up, Mark?
5: Hi, I'm Sox Boy again. I, just uh, wonderful. This team is just for the next ten years. Going to be hearing a lot from them. I just think one more piece to their puzzle. Uh, maybe maybe a quality backup catcher, and I think the White Sox are going to be super, and I just want to know where they're going to get one or yeah. how they're going to get one, but um, I think they're this was an amazing team thank you bye
2: mark appreciate it man that's a good question that's a, that's a very it's a good level-headed baseball question um you know obviously the white sox have a handful of catchers in the system and zach collins and sebi zavala and um i'm gonna oh gosh uh the big guy who hits many home runs whose name i am blanking but you're mean mercedes of course he's very very fun he's he's a joy to listen to how dare i forget his name strike me down um they have guys. They have guys that can that can back up Yosemite Grundahl. Here's my thought process on that. Yeah, there are dudes like Molina um, who might leave St. Louis and you could, like, sign as a quality veteran backup who could hit a little bit and certainly be great with the pitching staff. No doubt about it. You, you signed a catcher, though, one of the top two catchers in baseball, over age 30. Um, sorry, not that he is one of the best over age 30. He is one of the best and also over age 30. So my idea here is this. Given the fact that the physical demands of catching are high, right? And that he is on the older side as far as free agents and catchers go, if you are to get a 145 game season out of Yasmani Grandal, it should be this one, right? You weren't going to get it last year because you only played 60 games. So if if you want this kind of like workhorse, highly productive sort of season from a top free agent that you signed just last year, this is kind of the one it sets up for. That's not to say that I don't worry about a backup catcher spot. And obviously, you know, health is crucial here. If he gets hurt, there are, you know, some, a lot of things that you have to think about. There are trades you have to necessarily, you may have to make, Um but that's always the case in baseball, right? We're always, you know, kind of keeping our fingers crossed that guys don't get hurt. That's just to say, if, if you go position by position, and I'm like, okay, uh, lay out the plan here for catcher. And the answer is, as, as I've kind of said here, that, well, why wouldn't we try and push Grundahl to 140? Not, not that you're going to push him. The guy needs to basically be carried out of a game. Why, why wouldn't we try and get 135, 140 games out of him on the high end? Yeah, okay. He's one of the best catchers in baseball, and this is the time to do that. This is his, his very... Productive, you know, low innings total thing last year, why not go for that? I, I do think though, and Rick is Rick Hahn has kind of said this yesterday, you know, his team's on the field, he expects that the um, you know, if, if the team is what it is when they leave spring training right now, he's fine with that. There are there are going to be moves that get made, right? I mean, nobody enters the year at, with t- the 25 guys. And goes, okay, this is, this is it. This is all we have to play with. We were just talking with Len Casper. You need, in today's baseball, you need seven or eight starting pitchers to get through 162 games. Nobody nobody goes a whole season with five guys. It just doesn't happen anymore. Bullpen depth is crucial. And it's not just, you know, Crochet, Bummer, Marshall. You know, it's not just the guys you know that are going to get used. You're going to see some other dudes and they might be you know, some starters as well. It might be you know, like a Stever kind of thing that does both. It, either way, depth is very important. Look at the last handful of World Series winners with the exception of you know, maybe the Nationals who were able to narrow the, the width of their bullpen some and then become successful out of it. It's just a whole bunch of depth at a lot of different positions that help put them into position to succeed. Up against it. I know I gotta get out of here. The 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 boys are coming up with the hockey show next. So Pete, I, I Pete and George, I'm sorry we didn't get to the phones. Uh we will do it next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Thanks for tweeting. I'm at C one McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly. The hockey show is next. This is ESPN one thousand.